0: Today's edition of the Derek Hunter podcast is brought to you by Life Change Tea. Why go to GetTheTea.com? Because this important news could change your life. Socrates made a statement saying that all disease starts in the gut. Take care of your gut and, well, the rest speaks for itself. Life Change Tea is a wonderful way to aid in your digestion. Brew it, steep it, drink it, and feel it go to work. We at Life Change Tea have been around for years helping people just like you feel better. Lots of testimonials and lots of happy people. Log on to GetTheTea.com. That's GetTheTea.com. Get the tea. All righty, hello again, everyone, and welcome to what it is, the Derek Hunter podcast for the 12th day of April 2022. Yeah, 2022. Happy Tuesday to you. I'm Derek Hunter. This is The Derek Hunter Show, and I learned something new today. I learned that taxes aren't actually due until Monday. I thought, thought, well, look, when the uh, holiday is, uh, or when the holiday, good Lord, sorry. When taxes are due on the 15th, like, when it's on a Saturday, I get it, or a Sunday, they go, all right, or there's a holiday. I guess, no, now that I think about it, Easter. There you go. That's why. Good Lord. Because Good Friday is a holiday, I think. I don't know if it's still a federal holiday or not, but anyway, they decided to make it Monday that's confused good lord you should not do a lot of cocaine before you record a podcast or you should do more cocaine right now I don't I got two kids I can't afford cocaine good lord I can't even afford to snort baby powder anyway I am Derek Hunter I'm your host and now we have until Monday to file our extensions <laughs> aim low ladies and gentlemen aim low you aim low enough you'll never be disappointed uh we've got a lot of things to get to First, let me just tell you that you can go and enter to win a signed copy of either Adam Carolla's book, In 50 Years, We'll All Be Chicks, or Tom Brokaw's book, A Lucky Life Interrupted. And uh, yeah, whichever one you want, you just write in the comment section at patreon.com slash DerekHunterPodcast on the post with the picture of those two books and those two autographs. Write in there which one you would like to be mailed to you. And uh, if your name is drawn it shall so it's written so it shall be done that's just that simple 5 bucks a month gets you that gets you the the bonus content gets you the week in f and review gets you everything you can possibly imagine it actually really is scientifically proven to be the key to happiness and long life i'm just saying i don't i don't want to toot my own horn but the studies have confirmed that to be the case patreoncom slash Derek Hunter podcast. also don't forget about going to getthet.com the tea that'll keep you regular. It'll make you feel better. and make you poop, actually. And then uh, clean you out. And then you'll feel better because you're getting more into the nutrition from the food that you eat. Getthetea.com. Go to Life... Or get the tea. Get the Life Change Tea. Enter promo code Derek at checkout. You get free, fast shipping when you click Apply. I'm still in recovery mode from having... Uh, I put the I was like it's a nice weekend gonna be a nice week so I put some plants I said tomato plants that I'd kept in the garage because it was too cold last week and the freaking frost killed them so I've got to go buy new tomato plants today which sucks because' like the first time I think I can actually grow a garden that where we used to live I had deer running through there even though it was very suburban uh, but the deer would come in and eat everything before I had a chance to and they eat the thing down to nothing like damn it dear, i just want some tomatoes so this time i think i can get some tomatoes and then the frost freaking kills them so i don't even know it just sucks <laughs> So i gotta go gotta go i didn't plant them yet but i had them out to plant because this week it's going to be in the 70s or so they say and i thought well this is a good time get them some sunlight get them out of the garage and no it freaking kills them. nobody predicted frost that i saw Where The hell are you weatherman al roker you owe me some tomato plants you son of a bitch Anyway, so that's my day. Hope yours is going better. Hope you didn't kill any foliage. And uh, let's get on with the program. There is a lot going on. There is this battle. There's this continued fight about the trans community. My God, imagine having that much time on your hands to really care so desperately about such things as whether or not you can talk to a kindergartner about your sex life or about who you're attracted to. I'd, I'd feel gross if I actually ever wanted to talk to a kid about those sorts of things, but that's just me. But you've got these people out there who live in this delusional world. There's somebody called Plastic Martyr. Now, I don't know what, the uh, I assume it's a re <laughs> what they've changed their name to. They're a trans activist. Uh, they're verified on Twitter for some weird reason. Trans activist, actress, singer, she, her, love the dark music video, link in bio, whatever. This person tweeted out, I wonder how these conservatives would feel if they passed a law making it illegal to teach your kids about religion until they were adults. They don't say Bible, Bill. Well, I would invite this creature. I don't know what, what they are, to go to a public school and just try to read the Bible. Try to say God bless you to somebody who sneezes and the SWAT team will be called on you. These people live in a delusional world where I don't even know what happened. I assume the laws of physics don't um, don't apply there. It's bizarre. The rules that they set for other people sure as hell don't apply for them. On Morning Joe this morning, they had a new survey showing how awful joe biden's economy is right I mean, joe biden's economy is just terrible everybody knows that and they did what they always do these leftists they say well it's really bad for women on it's bad for everybody but especially for, they do this especially business especially for women how is it especially bad for if it's bad it's bad right No, no, it's it's really bad for everybody, but especially women. And you sit there and you go, "What the hell is wrong with you people that you need to segregate everything down to the lowest possible denominator that you can get to?" That's where the left is. That's what they do. Well, people were killed, uh, but especially trans women of color were killed. Like what? If people were killed, if a plane goes down, they always did this. I mean, even when i was a kid a plane goes down anywhere in the world usually well if it goes down somewhere else in the world a like, god oh, 200 souls were lost uh and three americans and then suddenly those three americans had their lives broadcast to the world okay i guess there you go they're americans but <clears throat> you take it domestically and you take it to a uh Take it down to sex, sexual orientation, whatever, however your gender delusion is. And the left just likes to slice down and slice down and slice down and find new and creative ways to segregate people out. So you have a, a situation where the economy is terrible. Um, inflation is hammering everybody. But somehow they have to go, but especially women. How? How especially women? When the, the woman pulls up to the gas pump, does the gas pump go, uh-oh, here comes a chick. Let's add three cents to the gallon. All right, yeah, the, the chick tax is in effect. When you go to the grocery store and you try to buy something, does a woman go, Uh, how much is this? No prices anywhere in the grocery store and they have a separate sliding scale for women, especially trans women of color? No, they don't. But... This is how the left makes victims out of everybody. Why? Because, well, women vote has been a reliable voting block for the Democratic Party. They have to keep them engaged. They have to keep them on the hook. And it's not working out very well for them. There's a lot of reporting of how these voting blocks for Democrats are looking at what Democrats are doing not only the results in the horrible economy and things of that nature, but in the what they talk about. Democrats are spending an awful lot of time fighting for the rights of teachers, fighting for the requirement of teachers, really, to talk to kindergartners about sex. That's one of their priorities. Democrats are spending an awful lot of time also talking about the hopes and dreams of an open border and granting amnesty to tens of millions of illegal aliens and welcoming millions more. They want it. They desperately want it. They're getting rid of the ability to immediately deport people in the middle of a pandemic while saying, well, the pandemic is over, while simultaneously saying, boy, howdy, we need more money to spend on that pandemic. None of that is impacting normal people's lives in a positive way. So even the reliably Democrat voting blocks out there are going, What in the hell are you people doing? I don't want somebody talking to my six year old about sex. I don't want somebody planting ideas in my kid's head about, oh, if you just feel weird for one day, that probably means you're transgender. How about you just let kids be kids, and if they want to play dress-up, they can play dress-up, and if they want to play G.I. Joe, they can play G.I. Joe, and if they want to play Barbie, they can do that. Whatever. You let the kids be kids. Because in the meantime, while you're focusing on this crap, test scores and reality just show repeatedly that they're not learning to read or write at the level that they used to or really need to in order to exist and eventually become a productive member of society. When they get to high school, it should not be seen as an opportunity to make them aware of and learn the things they should have gotten in K through eighth grade. They should be learning those. Do yourself a favor sometime. If you're ever in a used bookstore or at some like uh, massive flea market or something, you'll occasionally come across old textbooks. Really, the older the textbook, the better it is. But you'll find old text. Somebody ripped them off. Somebody forgot to return them. Whatever the case is, you'll find old textbooks around. Take a look at them. Read a couple of pages and see the difference. If you find something from, I would say, the 1940s or before, you will read that and go, this can't be a high school textbook or a junior high textbook. You'll be amazed. You'll think it is some sort of advanced uh, degree, a dissertation. No, it is not. You find those old textbooks and you'll sit there and you read them and you go, my God, these people, they taught these to kids? What? Yeah, they did. Nowadays, they, uh, I don't know, they're still trying to teach them that you can be any gender you want to be. We're really interested in making kids feel good rather than be able to think for themselves. They don't want you to think for themselves. But it's funny because on MSNBC this morning, Morning Joe had this survey about, oh, especially women, especially women survey, how horrible things are. And it was conducted by some group called All In Together. Very, uh, very communistic sounding group. And they had a gang of people on. This is what's funny. These progressive people over at Morning Joe Pleaded out. Women say the economy is not working war for, more well for them in new polling. Now, the leader, Lauren, Lauren Leader, that's her allegedly her name. Lauren Leader is the president of the group or CEO of the group All In Together. She was on to discuss it. But they also brought in Mark McKinnon, who is uh, on that Showtime show, The Circus, which he's the token pseudo Republican although he's not a Republican. They also had Al Sharpton, because who knows the plight of women better than Al Sharpton. And they also had Bill de Blasio, the former mayor of New York, the god-awful former mayor of New York. And you're sitting there going, wait a second, that doesn't seem to jibe, right? You're right. The progressive Morning Joe had a panel discussion with one woman and three men about the plight of women in Joe Biden's economy. Now, If Fox News did that, Morning Joe would do three hours on this. They would not be able to stop talking about why is it that they're having uh, so many men to talk. Of course, they had a group of men on to talk. But when they do it, it doesn't even occur to them. Now, there's no reason to have Al Sharpton on What the hell does Al Sharpton bring to the table? Well, here's how I started riots and got people killed. Or Bill de Blasio, here's how I oversaw riots and didn't care that people were killed. Mark McKinnon just kind of sits there and goes, I wear a cowboy hat because I'm probably balding. This is the left. Rules for you, not for them. Now you look at the the polling data and all the polling data of late does not look well, does not look good for Democrats. If you look at the polling data from this left-wing group, women leading change all in together, so looking to the future things may be bleak today but what about the future there's a double digit difference between women and men's perceptions that the economy will get better in six months about half of women think it will be worse and 18 percent say it will be better a plurality of men say it will be worse over a quarter say it will be better so the numbers are in the six months do you think the economy will be better worse or stay the same better women 18 percent men 26 men have the belief that they're trying to beat out of us, that we can solve our own problems. They're trying to feminize men so that we get overly emotional. Oh, I know it's controversial to say. Not all women, doesn't apply to all women. Not all women are feminized to the point that the left, some women still think and vote for conservatives. But that's what the left would like to do. They want to beat into you. Don't worry. You can't, you can't get ahead. Don't try. What are you trying for? What's all this trying? Stop trying. 49% of women say in six months the economy will be worse, which is just about the worst thing for Democrats because they're fully in charge of government right now, they are setting the course. They are sailing the ship directly towards that iceberg. And if half the women who vote 55, 60% for Democrats think that things are not only awful now, but going to get worse and continue to get worse, that takes a big bite out of their voting block. Will they turn and vote for Republicans? Doubtful. These people have been misinformed to the point that they are uh, terrified of Republicans. What's more likely to happen is they'll either vote green or some left wing other left wing party, or they simply won't show up to vote. There are a lot of people who go, if you couldn't physically bring yourself to vote for Donald Trump for president in 2016 because you didn't like him, and you also could not bring yourself to vote for Hillary Clinton the odds of you showing up to vote dropped significantly. And if you did, you would just leave that one blank. If you believe Democrats have done a horrible job and made things significantly worse in this country, and you think, well, Republicans are evil, because that's what they think. They think Republicans are evil. The idea, it's they're really just scared to death of the idea of individual responsibility and liberty. But if you think Republicans are evil, you can't show up to vote for them. But why would you vote for somebody to continue to make things worse? Would Nicole show up to vote for OJ because the other guy was some mean free market Republican who wanted to lower her taxes and she couldn't countenance that because it was so absurd and, and so uh, dangerous to her social standing in California? It's doubtful, doubtful that she would show up to vote for OJ. So that would be the worst case scenario for Democrats. It's kind of funny. It's kind of funny. Now, they don't give you the, the numbers here because they don't, but they do say women's party ID, white women voters identify as Republicans by 16 points, while AAPI women voters, black women voters, Latina women voters identify as Democrats by a wide margin. If that's the case, and that's still the case, and you look at, and these leftists love to separate women by race and people by race, you look at these numbers again and you think, my God, Democrats are screwed. But you don't want to spike the football on the five-yard line. You want to be ready for this. You have to keep reminding them of certain truths. There's a meme going around that's absolutely hilarious on, on Twitter right now. There's a choice between, there's this meme about uh, some cartoon character having to push one of two buttons, you know, and it's always a dilemma for the left and it, it, it's a sweating cartoon character. What do I do? What do I do? It's two left wing uh, sacred cows that contradict each other because the left is nothing more than a complete cluster mess of people, groups, and things that contradict each other, ideas that contradict one another. And this one is great. It says uh, one button. You push this button. Seven-year-olds can choose their gender. Seven-year-olds can choose their gender. Should push that button. And the other button is 18-year-olds couldn't understand their student loans. <laughs> it, it can't be both. It can't be both. But the left wants it to be both. The left is desperate to pretend to make it both. But it can't be both. It is impossible to be both. If a seven-year-old can figure out what gender is and that they're wrong, oh, God was wrong, I need to start taking hormones and have surgery, then every 18-year-old who signed that piece of paper for their student loans with loans right there in the, uh, the definition, in the explanation, is fully responsible for their actions. It can't be both. But the left wants it to be both. The left desperately needs it to be both. And they end up arguing both and they end up looking like clowns, uh, but mostly because they are clowns, being perfectly honest. Along those lines of the, uh, the weirdos are in the classroom or the weirdos are trying to push their agenda. Randy Weingarten, the president of the American Federation of Teachers, the second largest teachers union in the country. It's weird because the National Education Association, I don't think anybody knows who the hell the president of that is. She is the fa- She's the she's the Democrat activist. They're both Democrats, but she is out there. She is a uh, a non woman of color lesbian, so therefore she's checks enough box that she's out there to be the uh, the hero that the Democrats need. She's talking about their uh, leadership conference in Chicago, <laughs> which uh, yeah, I don't. I, I think that maybe the union should spend some time worrying about teaching kids in Chicago rather than holding conferences in Chicago. But she goes through... Caring for democracy, freedom, and justice aren't just words. There are values. That's why we'll continue to fight to help all kids succeed, including teachers' honest history, supporting LGBTQ kids, helping students recover. At the same time, we will fight misinformation and hate. It's so great that our members were able to be back in person. Yeah, you guys kept people out of school. And then it says, our members discuss how we must engage parents as partners. We can't let extremists divide us and try to pit parents against teachers. Well, what do you do, Randy, when the extremist is the teacher? The phone call is coming from inside the house, Randy. That's the problem in education. I I do love how these leftists construct this world. It is a world full of straw men. You can see why they are so opposed to the concept of smoking. They are nothing but surrounded by a whole bunch of straw men. You know what? Those evil right-wingers are trying to indoctrinate your children into the idea that there are only two genders huh yeah this crazy science concept from 20 seconds ago they're out there trying to do this oh yeah by the way um <clears throat> the uh elon musk sitting on the board of twitter thing has gone the way of the dodo the the uh, ceo of Twitter. Parag Agarwal, doing the job that Americans won't do, I guess. Uh, Parag Agarwal has announced that Elon Musk has decided not to join the board of Twitter. It says, T released a statement, Team. Elon Musk has decided not to join our board. Here's what I can share about what happened. The board and I had many discussions about Elon joining the board and with Elon directly. We were excited to collaborate and clear about the risks. We also believed that having Elon as a fiduciary of the company, where he, like all board members, has to act in the best interest of the company and all our shareholders was the best path forward. Uh, the board offered him a seat. See, they were hoping, and this they kind of let the cat out of the bag. I assume at some point they uh, said too much. Is they are out there going? Uh, well, we need to worry about Elon Musk taking over the company. A, if he's on the board, he is limited. He can't buy any more shares, so that's good. And he can he has to conform with what a majority of the board views as in the best interest of the company as a fiduciary. You see, fiduciary is the key word. And uh, that doesn't seem to fit particularly with Elon Musk because Elon Musk started buying up shares of Twitter precisely because the board and the clowns like Parag Agarwal running Twitter were so god-awful And uh, anti-freedom of speech. That's what upset Elon Musk's sensibilities. So, yeah. Then the statement continues. We announced on Tuesday that Elon would be appointed to the board contingent on a background check and formal acceptance. Elon's appointment to the board was to become officially effective on uh, the 9th of April. But Elon shared that same morning that he, he will no longer be joining the board. I believe this is for the best. We have and will always value input from our shareholders, whether they are on our board or not. Yeah, you own less than a million shares of Twitter. Uh, they don't give a damn what you have to say. <laughs> Actually, they don't even give a damn. They've got the majority shareholder on Twitter, uh, Elon Musk. He's got the, not the majority, but he's got the most. And they're going, we don't know. We, we want you on the board to shut you up. We don't want to take your advice. We're afraid of you. We're afraid you're going to ruin the culture that we're building. Well, what culture are you building? You know, Hitler was building a culture too. And yours seems pretty similar to his in the concept of free speech. But now we have always blah blah blah. Elon is our biggest shareholder, and we will remain open to his input. There will be no distractions ahead, but our goals and priorities remain unchanged. The decision we make, decisions we make now, and how we execute is in our hands, no one else's. Let's tune out the noise and stay focused on the work and what we're building. That was from Twitter's newly minted CEO, Parag Agarwal. What not joining the board does is it frees up Elon Musk to continue to be critical of Twitter's decision makers like Parag Agarwal and all the other D-bags who are in positions of authority on Twitter. There uh, is also the ability to continue to buy shares. Now, what's funny is Upon news that Elon Musk would not be joining the board of Twitter, Twitter shares reportedly dropped 8% on that news, which is a little bit odd because if you were buying shares because Elon Musk was possibly going to take over the company, hostile takeover or whatever, and then they tried to co-opt him into a board seat so he wouldn't engage in a hostile takeover. It still puts a hostile takeover. It actually puts a hostile takeover back on the table if you were buying because of a potential hostile takeover. So then the reason theoretically you bought remains in place. This frees up Elon Musk to continue to hoover up shares of Twitter that uh, would also theoretically drive up the stock price, would it not? Seems like it would. But for some reason, people are dropping it. Who who knows? The market is a weird thing. And anybody who tells you they fully understand the stock market is, uh, unless they're filthy rich and like a Warren Buffett kind of rich, don't really understand the stock market. But I do love the fact that an 8% drop does make it cheaper for Elon Musk to start buying up shares. Let's do this thing, Elon. A hostile takeover. Now, the rest of the shares... Well, there's a, a big chunk of the shares that are held by individuals. And then there's a larger chunk of shares that were uh, that are held by investment firms, the Black Rocks of the world and things like that, that they, they may not want to sell to Elon Musk because they're just as liberal as, well, the liberals running Twitter are. If the major investors in Twitter weren't left-wing radical activist lunatics, then left-wing radical activist lunatics would not be running the show. And the same goes for most large corporations. BlackRock controls an ungodly amount of money in this country and uh, an ungodly amount of shares in corporations. And they are a woke investment firm. Mostly for their own bottom line, but they out there—they are out there engaging it. They are pushing the Disneys. They are pushing these left-wing corporations to give money to things like Black Lives Matter and whatnot. They also could face economic pressure if Elon Musk decides, as the market cap of Twitter is still—it's under probably thirty billion dollars right now. Thirty billion dollars. Let me look that up just to be. Uh, true about this because with the eight percent drop or whatever now it's up a little bit let's see 37 billion dollars is the market cap for that's the, the value of all the stock is and you go well okay that's a lot of money it is a lot of money but elon musk is worth about 300 billion dollars you see more than a quarter trillion dollars right now which means that for just a little and actually considering what he's already owned about one percent, no, about 10 percent, 10 percent of his uh, net worth. He could buy every outstanding share of Twitter. This terrifies the left. They're going to try to prop up, I suspect, the price of Twitter stock to try and fend off the idea of a hostile takeover from Elon Musk. Not because Parag Agarwal is so dedicated to his job and he just doesn't know what he'd do if he had to retire at age whatever the hell he is with however many hundreds of millions or billions of dollars he has. It's because this is about the left-wing agenda. They will risk it all in order to maintain that power that they have the control over the discussion in this country, the political discussion, the ability. It's not just to steer a discussion. It is to silence other people. That's what the left lives for. They can't do it through legislation. They can't shut people up at a federal level. But what they can do is take the largest town square and bar you from entering. They bar you from entering, and they've essentially silenced you. They've shut you up. But it wasn't the federal government. Therefore, it's not a First Amendment violation. They love that power. So BlackRock will only sell if they're absolutely forced to sell. They don't have to sell. Elon Musk just needs 50.1% of the stock. He'll have to buy from some investment firms. But when you've got $300 billion, when you're the richest man in the world by a lot, and apparently he overtook Jeff Bezos by like $100 billion. <laughs> That's, knows, he's way ahead of Jeff Bezos. And at this point, his, his net worth is probably even more. Jeff, uh, Elon Musk. Is. He could buy Twitter as a lark. He could look at these people and say, all right, Twitter is uh, trading at, let's say, $47 a share right now. I'll give you $55 a share. BlackRock. BlackRock would be hard-pressed. They are supposed to act in the best interest of their shareholders. They'd have to sell almost, wouldn't they? Or else they'd open themselves up to lawsuits. If Elon Musk were able to do this and able to take over enough of Twitter and expose these left-wing frauds wielding hundreds of billions, if not trillions of dollars in investment, and therefore behind the scenes, the hidden hand of corporate america and the corporate world forcing them to go left if he could destroy those places my god you imagine no other human being will have, maybe maybe eisenhower winning world war ii reagan and winning the cold war maybe those two men will have been on par with what the uh, what elon musk could possibly now it's a long shot Let me just say it is a very, very, very long shot, but it's about the only shot we've got right now, to be perfectly honest with you, considering how Republicans talk a good game but cower when it comes time for action. Yes, reforming the laws that regulate these social media network, these platforms, that could change things significantly, but not as dramatically and certainly not as quickly as Elon Musk could. So I'm Team Elon, although I've been critical of Elon Musk in the past because he built his businesses on government subsidies, but those businesses are built, those government subsidies are gone, and he's fighting for the, uh, the good right now, and I am one of the believers in the enemy of my enemy is my friend, and right now Elon Musk is the enemy of all of our enemies. He is the enemy. He is the best shot that we have, considering that even if Republicans take over Congress in November and for next year, they're still going to have Joe Biden up there. He'll veto anything and everything. I suspect Republicans will pass really good legislation if they do take uh, the House and the Senate, or even just one chamber. They'll pass really good legislation out of that chamber that they take, or both chambers, uh, but it'll die because joe biden won't sign it and then when it comes time and if a republican gets elected in 2024 and republicans maintain everything and that same piece of legislation comes up uh, they probably won't pass it again think obamacare how many times oh we're going to repeal obamacare i promise i promise and then they finally get into a position where they can do something about it and they all suddenly go well All right, I guess we'll drag our feet and do it. And then John McCain comes along and puts his little thumb down and probably about a third of the Republican caucus goes, oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. I thought we were going to do this. This is horrible. Thank thank you. Thank you. Let Democrats mess with health care. We just want to stay away. Yeah, you can't count on Republicans. Don't ever count on Republicans. Count on yourself. That's actually what Democrats scares the hell out of them more than anything else is a nation of people counting on themselves there is really a lot going on and it seems a little schizophrenic today on the show is it because there's so much stuff happening out there and it is um it isn't there was a, a a terror attack or vandal uh, vandalism vandalism I guess is the word i don't know if this is why you shouldn't drink in the morning uh, of the grave the tomb of Joseph over in Israel and it's being if it were the other way around you go to the temple mount and you go to the uh, the mosque up there and anybody even graffiti's on it there would be all out war and condemnation the UN would convene a special council to talk about how this hate crime was allowed to happen But if you go to a Christian burial site that is uh, holy, no, nope, no big deal. But this is from the Jerusalem Post. Palestinian rioters vandalized Joseph's tomb amid clash with Israeli defense forces. Palestinian rioters vandalized Joseph's tomb in the West Bank city of Nablus on a Saturday night amid clashes with the IDF, setting fire to the site, damaging the gravestone, a chandelier hanging above it, a water tank and an electricity closet. The vandalism came amid the second night of arrests, uh, raids, made by Israeli security forces in the West Bank following the deadly terror attack on Thursday night, on Dizengoff Street, the in Tel Aviv that claimed three lives. Yes, terror attacks. You don't hear about these because they're only killing Jews. And the media doesn't give a damn if you kill Jews, especially in... I mean, they don't really care if you beat the hell out of them on the streets of New York where they most of the media live, but they really don't care about it over in Israel. The terrorist Radam Hazem 28 was from nearby Palestine, Palestinian city of Jenin. Quote, we will not accept this kind of attack on a place that is holy to us, particularly on the eve of Passover. Prime Minister Naftali Bennett said, we will reach the rioters. Of course... We will make sure to rebuild what they destroyed as we always do. And there's pictures of the destruction. And I tell you, if, if, if any of the holy sites in Islam had been damaged even slightly, somebody breathed on them, somebody didn't cover their mouth when they sneezed, and they discolored a rock even temporarily as the saliva dried up, there would be International outrage and complete and total condemnation. And without irony, China and Russia would call for the condemnation of Israel in the United Nations Security Council. It's so damn pathetic and it's so predictable. Every last bit of it is pathetic and predictable, but it is a sign of the double standards of the international left. And we are fighting the international left, make no mistake about it. I have some audio I'll play for you in a few minutes of the left internationally over in the UK. In this case, the same sort of indoctrination of children over there as here. The left is the left is the left. They are like the Borg. They have a hive mind, a collective consciousness. They are one unit acting in together, acting uniformly for the goal of obtaining power for themselves and subjugating you. There's a difference. They always say, oh, the right-wing are fascists, the right-wing not The right wants you to be left the hell alone. And they want you to leave their kids alone. It is the left who's saying, no, 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 we must tell your kids certain things. How in the hell is that fascistic? That we want our kids to be left alone? It's not. It's just that the left accuses the right of doing what they're doing, because that's who they really are. Yeah, just to illustrate the point of how the Democrats need to exist to tell you what to do, this is making the rounds on Twitter. It's going semi-viral. It's, uh... There's a gif out there. The Senate needs a soul. Vote Raphael Warnock. Why? Because Raphael Warnock is a black guy. And he's got soul because he's black, right? That's just Tim Scott, black guy. No soul. He's a conservative. See, the sliding scale changes dramatically based on who's doing what. So, yeah, Tim Scott, sellout, Uncle Tom. You throw all the names that the left throws at him regularly. Uh, with no consequence whatsoever. No consequence whatsoever. And then they go to Raphael Warnock, who's got a, a scandal plagued past. He's got various so-called charities that were involved in and accused of child abuse. Nobody's ever really investigated. That doesn't matter. But he's left are circulating this because they want to hold on to that Senate seat in Georgia. And Herschel Walker is running for that Senate seat. And who knows? Uh, Raphael Warnock may hold on to it. Ra- Herschel Walker may turn out to be a uh, a bad candidate. We don't know. Apparently there was a debate and uh, he didn't show up. And he won't show up to any of the debates. And you're going, what the hell? What If you're running for office, you should be able to have a discussion about what you believe, shouldn't you? So we'll see how far name recognition can take you. But... Warnock doesn't doesn't mean Warnock's good candidate, doesn't mean Warnock's a good person and the thing that they're sitting around with his name is women LGBTQ and blacks have fought hard for our rights Republicans are working hard are working just as hard to take those rights away if Republicans win back majorities in the house and senate in the midterms we lose it all re-electing Raphael Warnock will stop that from happening there's so much wrong with this, but so many people believe this. So many people buy into this garbage. It's a demonstration. It is proof positive of just how awful our education system is. For the first, uh, first of all, if Republican, if assuming that these morons are true, which is not. First of all, they never articulate which rights, you know, which rights Republicans are gearing up to take away from these leftists. What 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 are these rights? uh the right to an abortion no no it's just basically it'll be up to the states you know your state oh no no no. you want to take away that right well you shouldn't the constitution doesn't grant anybody rights it doesn't grant any rights at all read the constitution i understand that many leftists are dumb and have no comprehension skills but it is unambiguous you just read the the uh the bill of rights And for you liberals out there who don't know what the Constitution is or what the Bill of Rights is, it's the first 10 amendments to the Constitution. It says Congress shall make no law. The right of the people, to blah, 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 shall not be infringed. It is not saying, therefore, people have the right to do X, Y, and Z. It is saying that people have these rights. People are born with these rights. They had these rights before the Constitution was written, before our government was founded. God gave them these rights and you government can't mess with them that's what the bill of rights does it protects our natural rights there is nowhere in the constitution or in the subsequent amendments that grants people rights if there were then those rights could be taken away from you Uh, if the first amendment read therefore the government grants the citizens of the United States, the right to freedom of speech. Then you could just introduce a piece of leg- uh, uh, another amendment to repeal it. Think of, think of prohibition, right? They introduced prohibition. It was passed. It was the law of the land. It was horrible. It did not work out at all. And so they introduced another amendment to repeal it. There's a reason the constitutional amendment process is so arduous, not easy at all, because you're not supposed to mess with the Constitution. The states have the power or are supposed to have the power. The left hates that. They want power consolidated in their hands. They want to consolidate the power in their hands in this country, and then they want to constitute the New World Order, the progressive goal of one world government or a a coalition of governments around the world. However they, they constitute it, they are all working towards the ultimate power of total control. So what rights are Republicans working hard to take away? They don't say, they can't say. And by the way, just a civics lesson for our Democrat friends out there, should Republicans take back both the House and the Senate in the midterms, the idea that, well, we lose it all. No matter, first of all, you can't articulate what you would lose. But secondly, the President of the United States would be free to veto any and all pieces of legislation passed by Congress. There would not be, well, maybe a rare occurrence, but there would largely not be a veto proof majority, a veto overriding majority, I should say to uh, in the House or the Senate, maybe in the House. Democrats are lining up for a big shellacking over there. But in the Senate, it's really not possible this time, this term, unless some Democrats switch parties. So the idea that Congress would then rule this country is not only wrong, it's dumb. It is a, a level of ignorance about how our government works that should be embarrassing for adults. But it's not. This is making the rounds. This idea is making the rounds on social media. That Republicans, if they get Congress back, my God, they're going to run roughshod over Joe Biden. Where do these people go to school? Where did these people learn these things? It is incredibly dumb. It's incredibly dumb. And dangerously dumb, dangerously incompetent is what our education system is churning out. A whole bunch of entitled people who are quick to have ridiculous emotional outbursts through a sense of entitlement. None of this is by accident. None of this is by accident. It is because an emotional person does not act rationally. An emotional person can be easily manipulated. Easily manipulated. And so they need to keep their base in an emotional state. The dumber they are, the more emotional they are. Have you ever known anybody who is a completely rational thinker who at the slightest opposition the slightest obstacle loses their mind and starts crying uncontrollably can't possibly proceed you haven't you haven't you know feckless people who make it to middle management nothing wrong with middle management somebody's got to do it you got people who spend their times justifying their jobs who act that way the difference between florida where things get done and california where things get destroyed New York, where things get destroyed. If it feels good, do it. Agenda uber alles. When it comes to COVID, this is on display. This is kind of interesting. New York Post today. Today? yeah, today. New York, New Jersey, and California failed in their handling of the COVID-19 pandemic because of stringent lockdowns and policies, while Florida was among the best performing states in the country, a new study found. One group of those states was working on and based largely their actions on emotion, scaring the hell out of you. And it was a scary time at the beginning. The other states, the states that did well, did not lose their heads. They looked at it rationally and said, we are just going to have to get through this. The study published by the Committee to Unleash Prosperity grades states by comparing COVID-19 outcomes based on the number of deaths, the economy and impact on education. Overall, the bottom 10 in the study's report card was dominated by states that had the most severe pandemic lockdowns and were among the least to fin- or the last to finally reopen schools, quote, shutting down their economies in schools was far worse Uh, was by far the biggest mistake governors and state officials made during COVID, particularly in blue states, Stephen Moore, one of the study's authors and co-founder of the committee, said on Monday. Despite now disgraced former Governor Andrew Cuomo initially being hailed for his strict response to the pandemic, the Empire State performed poorly on every measure, ranking 49th overall, according to the study. New Jersey was the worst performing state Uh, The study found other states that uh, received an F grade were California, Illinois and Washington, D.C. Now, Washington, D.C. will bounce back because Washington, D.C. has what? Washington, D.C. has the government. They print money. They will keep paying their hundreds of thousands of employees no matter what. They will keep the lobbyists. The corporations will keep shoveling money into the lobbyists. The economy of Washington, D.C. is almost idiot proof. Almost. They'll find a way to screw it up, but they haven't yet. Everywhere else, think about this. There's never been a worse time to own commercial real estate in New York City. Actually, probably anywhere. It is one of those times where you're sitting there and you go, this is going to be I, I, I said this from the very beginning. You can probably go back and find the tape of it. At the very beginning, this was going to be awful for commercial real estate because corporations, when people started working from home, these corporations began to realize that you don't need this much square footage. You don't need anywhere near this much square footage. You can, television. Telev- I don't know if you've ever been inside a, a television station or a radio station, but there's a lot of space in a lot of them. Television in particular, everybody has their own little office, their own little cube. The newsroom is buzzing. All they're all doing all this important work. And then for a year, nobody was there. Nobody was there. And the work still got done because people have computers at home. People had home studios set up. Now, like on uh, cable news, by and large, they're back home or they're back in the studios. But for a long time, they were in their home studios you didn't notice it because why would you notice it? You only see what the camera shows you. But if you just saw somebody interviewing somebody else and they were in two separate boxes now, granted, you see that sometimes because somebody's in a different state or different city or doing something else like this one, and we're talking from Washington, D.C., to somebody in Poughkeepsie. Okay, fine. But every single guest, no, they prefer to have people or they preferred to have people in studio. And that went the way of the dodo. That meant that all that square footage that they were renting was a waste. It was unnecessary. And corporations that are smart look at that and go, we can get rid of this stuff. We can cut this in half. We can cut down. We can have a third of what we use. Whatever it is, you can make all sorts of changes. New York was decimated. New York City was decimated. It was already had way more commercial real estate than it ever really needed to be perfectly honest with you like the empire state building i don't think the empire state building has ever been completely rented out i think it's like a high watermark is around 60 percent of the space available in the empire state building from its opening it's just a prestige address and through tax abatement and everything you can find a way to make it profitable but It simply wasn't. Now, if you're looking at New York real estate and you go, well, why do we need an office? We don't need 10,000 square feet. We can get by with 3,000 square feet. Well, that's great for your business. Not so great for the landlord who owns the building and goes, well, what the hell am I supposed to do with it? Now I got to find somebody to get this other 7,000 feet. And by the way, we've got. 20 floors. So I've got to find somebody to get 280,000 square feet because everybody's come to that realization that what you need is a conference room. You need a couple of offices. You need a reception area. You need some bathrooms and maybe maybe some a kitchen. Probably required to have a kitchen. And that's it. New York screwed over their commercial real estate by shutting down. Florida, I don't think you're going to have that problem because Florida didn't shut down anything. Businesses will still come to that realization. It will have some impact, but there's a difference between knowing a concept exists and having seen that concept in practice and noting your bottom line going, I can get rid of this. If you had 10,000 square feet of office space in Florida and you never once... Had to send everybody home and work from home, and not every, and it just didn't happen for months and months and months on end. And you didn't notice there wasn't a drop in productivity. Then the idea of getting rid of seven thousand square feet probably doesn't occur to you. These people ruled by emotion. They ruled by emotion. The Cuomo's, the Murphys in New Jersey, the Whitmers in Michigan, the Newsoms out in California, and what happened in the southern states, in the Georgias, in the Alabamas, in, the, in Florida, in South Dakota, in Texas? What happened? They said, well, be careful. Here's the best way we know how to avoid this. If your company wants to close down, or that's up to you. We're not going to mandate it. We're not going to shut down schools. The schools, the kids got absolutely screwed the teachers unions got, boy, howdy, they got a a year and a half vacation and they're hoping to extend it even longer. I got a story I'll tell you in a second about the, uh, the big pot of money in one state in particular, and it's every state, but this one state is reporting on it, that they're just looking to find a way to spend it. They don't know how to spend it. So they're getting creative, including smoothie machines for the kids. You go, what the hell? Well, you scare the hell out of people. You can do all sorts of stupid and horrible things. You can. You can elect Democrats if you scare the hell out of people enough. And that's why the Democrats' plan for the fall is to try to scare the hell out of everybody. That's all they've got. They can't say, look at what we've done. They want to say, don't look at what we've done. Look at what they'll do. It's horrible. They're monsters. That's going to be their strategy. Will it work? I don't know. I don't know. I hope not. Now, I want to talk about education a little bit. I alluded to it a few minutes ago. This is one story out of Michigan, but it's a story that could be out of everywhere because this is how government works, particularly left-wing government. the uh, it's the Detroit Free Press. Michigan schools get creative in spending federal covid nineteen relief funds. They get creative. Oh, it's creative. How about here's a real creative way to do it if you don't have a use for it that's COVID related, uh, give it back to the federal government because we're going broke. But no, that's not the way liberals' minds work. District and charter schools across Michigan have $6 billion in federal pandemic relief funds to spend, but some of the planned uses are not explicitly pandemic related according to spending proposals submitted to the state. Now remember, this was the money that we have been told is wildly important. And we need to spend more. And we need to spend more. And pretty much every piece of legislation that comes out of Democrats right now is more. This was supposed to be new ventilation systems. This was supposed to be all those things to keep our teachers safe. Oh, our teachers and our children. Well, they've spent it. They've updated their uh, ventilation systems or whatever. Or they just said, to hell with it. We don't need that. What we need is a new gym. What we want is a swing set or Whatever. And it's amazing what they're going for. Now, the federal government, the Biden administration, should read this story and be pissed off beyond belief because it's making everything look bad. And it's certainly at a time when the polling data shows that Joe Biden is wildly unpopular and massively disliked, that maybe, just maybe, he could, I don't know, change just a little bit of that trajectory to uh, in the positive direction for himself if he stood up and said this is an outrage we're going to reclaim this money but he ain't going to do that now here are some of the uh, ways that the money is being spent six six billion dollars among them among the ideas are the ways the proposal that are being spent a playground ball pit because that's wildly important and COVID related metal detectors okay and a nutrition room with a smoothie service There you go. There's your tax dollars at work. There's your great-grandchildren's tax dollars at work. Your tax dollars have been set on fire a long time ago. Schools have a lot of flexibility in using the influx of federal money and just a few years to spend it. This is how government works. We have a problem. Here's a bunch of money. Oh, How do we do it? I don't care. Just figure Just spend it. Spend it somewhere. Spend it somehow. Or you have to... The horror of horror. You only have five years to spend this or we have to take it back okay i know a smoothie machine the federal government should be going no, all right that's it if you don't need this for covid for actual literal covid related expenses which was what we were sold it as then give it back no That's not going to happen. Proposed uses vary greatly among the more than 500 school districts and nearly 300 charter schools and cover nearly everything from athletic fields to food trucks, according to a review by the Detroit Free Press in collaboration with Chalkbeat, blah, 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 and Bridge, Michigan. When asked about non-COVID-related spending, school district leaders said they believed spending on athletics and other similar categories fit under the broad umbrella of student well-being. <laughs> it's funny when it comes to setting your money on fire when scamming you everybody becomes a lawyer. Well, it depends on what the meaning of the word is is all of a sudden, doesn't it? Oh, a, a student well-being. Others said they were making infrastructural and building improvements. They've already waited too long to make thanks to years of inadequate state funding. There is no school system that's inadequately funded everything is done under the guise of we have to do it for the children let's have casinos and we'll tax them for the children let's expand the lottery for the children the money will go to the children there's more money thrown at this garbage and what do they do they end up hiring middle management they end up hiring diversity officers at a hundred thousand dollars a year oh this this district i bet you that of those 500 school districts 80% 80% of them have some team of people who are there to worry about diversity, equity, and, and inclusion. And they go, well, why is our building falling down? We just hired somebody at $180,000 a year to check the skin color of everybody entering that building. How could the building be falling down? Well, I have a, I have an idea. <laughs> it might be that you took the money and spent it on BS hiring so you get more liberals ingrained into the society to make that your your brainwashing of, of people easier and you sort of ignored the uh, the problem of the building falling down. You know, once your roof starts leaking, it ain't going to fix itself. School, quote, school districts and school administrators really were doing our due diligence to be responsible with taxpayer funding, said Susan Tefles, Telf. Telfson, superintendent of Lanese area schools in the upper peninsula. Uh, for those of you unfamiliar with the upper peninsula, it's, uh, it's just about the same size as the lower peninsula where, you know, Detroit is and everything. except it's the part that everybody forgets about. And there's maybe 12 people who live up there, but they're going to spend a ton of money up there as well, because why not? Even COVID was like, I'm not going up there. It's cold nine months out of the year. Schools received three rounds of federal funding release starting in 2020 through the CARES Act with the last and biggest round of funding in the American Rescue Plan last year. Thanks, Joe Biden. Congress did not attach a lot of stipulations to that money, leaving uh, leaving schools quite a bit of discretion in spending. Your government. Your gov- Remember it was for the children. We needed to protect the children. This is the only way to get children back in schools. Was to do what? Uh, I don't know. What if the schools aren't heated? We could set a huge pile of money on fire outside the schools and therefore the schools will be heated. We will run furnaces on money. No strings attached. In signing off on the most significant and last influx in the American Rescue Plan, Biden said he hopes the funds would, in part, help schools reopen amid the pandemic. Congress also stipulated that at least 20% of the third round of funds be used to combat learning loss sustained in the pandemic. Schools are also expected to meaningfully consult with stakeholders in their communities in developing spending plans, including students, families, and educators stakeholders is code for what it is code for left-wing activists there you go that's what they do that's who they're getting and that's why they go you know what we need a smoothie machine and maybe we could have a mural painted to adequately reflect how horrible this country is can we do that the last round of money needs to be spent by 2024 Plans for spending money submitted to the state are still preliminary and could change, which means that Congress could still act, which means that Joe Biden could still call for this to not happen, for this money if it is not directly related to COVID. And even at this point, does it have to be? I mean, come on, that this money be clawed back but there won't be there won't be any national reporting on it maybe fox will pick it up maybe newsmax will talk about it for a little bit but that won't reach the public in a way that will make a difference it's pathetic it's disgusting the amount of money allocated to districts and schools depends on a few factors including the number of students enrolled the number of low income students in a district because why because it's the especially group students are being hardest hit especially students of this or that or the other thing. Really? So the virus, how did the virus know somebody's income? Seems to me like the virus wouldn't be able to tell somebody's income. Seems to me like, you know, like, well, the virus is amazing. It does know if you're out taking to the streets and crowding up against people in the name of justice. Like if the virus hears George Floyd, it immediately uh, commits suicide. It will not infect other people if you say George Floyd three times. It's it's a lot like Beetlejuice, but less funny, and way more expensive. Experts in school finance and administration caution that schools should strategize to spend this money carefully, and target their investments towards helping students academically and mentally. But they added, there may also be room for new playground equipment. <laughs> Guidelines attached to the money are loosely written, allowing for schools to come up with creative ways to spend it. Quote, We've got to invest our dollars in things we know work and do that in a way where we're making sure that those investments go to the student who needs it most, says Karen Hawley Miles, pri- president of American Resource Strategies, a national nonprofit that assists schools with using resources wisely. They're consulting a parasite. I hear I know you might think you know how to best spend your money, but I, as a non-profit parasite, am here to tell you really how to spend your money more wisely. All I ask is that I get a $15,000 per month retainer, and then you can email me anytime, day or night, uh, and expect a return email in within 48 hours, unless I'm on vacation. You ever get the feeling you're being ripped off? Because you are. And this stuff is ridiculous in this story. Some of the most common non-COVID-related spending categories include security, athletics, playground equipment, and infrastructural improvements, such as new HVAC systems. HVAC system would theoretically be COVID-related. It is an airborne virus, after all. Said, But what exactly is considered pandemic-related is up for debate among the schools. And there's talking about uh, the Hope Academy in Detroit, which is a through K-8 charter school. They want... Security cameras, interior and exterior security cameras. Now, how the hell is that COVID related? They said, well, it will help us with uh, contact tracing and to make sure that COVID protocols are being followed, like if they impose impose social distancing or what have you. So, yeah, you're gonna get millions of dollars to uh, put security cameras around so you can see if Billy tests positive. You'll be. You really think you're gonna go through and check out everybody Billy was within six feet of? I don't think so. Kalamazoo Public Schools is using some of its $60 million in federal funds for pricey security equipment. Three metal detectors at $8,000 each and five x-ray machines at $22,000 each, according to state data. God, it's good to be a left-wing government, isn't it? Isn't it? Superintendent Rita, unpronounceable last name there, wrote in an emailed statement that the equipment is used for special events existing equipment is older and in need of replacement, she wrote. She did not say how the devices were related to the pandemic because you don't have to. You don't have to. River Rouge School District proposed at least $340,000 in athletic playground and wellness spending out of its roughly $16 million the district received. About 10000 would go to a nutrition room to make smoothies, according to River Rouge's plan. God, it's good to be a Democrat, isn't it? The room would, quote, provide smoothies and other essential drinks to support the additional calories, carbohydrates, proteins, and a host of other essential nutrients for student-athletes participating in rigorous after-school athletic conditioning and programming. Uh, What does that have to do with COVID, huh? They also proposed $120,000 to buy a food truck for a mobile culinary arts program (laughs) and more than $200,000 and playground equipment hey democrats are you listening to this you want to spend more money on anything go to hell you guys did this you did this because the more you look at this thing you just go god what is wrong with these people how do they do where's the governor where's the pre? i get the president doesn't care the president probably doesn't even he's not even aware that michigan is a state But this is just Michigan. Do you think Michigan is unique? Because I can promise you that Michigan is not unique. Michigan is not unique. These ripoffs, these scams are happening everywhere in every state across the country. And what's funny is this is what they don't realize. These leftists never seem to make these connections. You see it all the time when, when, oh, it's an economic boom in the state. Oh, they have got a surplus. And what do they do? They don't, they don't say, well, we need to give this back. We've taken too much money from our citizens. No, that's never really an option. Sometimes they go, we need a rainy day fund and they'll put some of it away. But mostly what they do is they go, well, we can go hog wild now. Things are good. Well, you got to make hay while the sun is shining. Let's Let's uh, expand Medicaid, for example. And the state lawmakers love expanding Medicaid because they can give a dollar's worth of benefits to people for 50 cents. See, the federal government picks up half of that. They go, oh, we'll we'll spend, uh, for every dollar, we, we really only have to spend 50 cents. This is great. And so they expand Medicaid. Because why? Because the money's rolling into the state because times are good. Well, even economically illiterate leftists acknowledge that economics are cyclical times are good times are not so good it's a tale of two cities in just one city it was the best of times and then it was the worst of times and then it was the best of times again well see they expand medicaid during the best of times and then the worst of times come in because that's what happens in an economy and then they're screwed because they don't have that money that they were counting on. They've spent it all. They've actually promised and over-promised. They will take care of your, your Medicare family of four making $80,000 a year. And now you can't afford the family of four making $80,000 a year on Medicaid. So even at 50 cents on the dollar. So what do they do? They don't go, sorry, we shouldn't have given this to you. We're going to have to... You know, we'll give you a 3 month runway to figure it out but you you know in 3 months it's going no they don't do that they say we got to raise revenues we're going to have a shortfall or we're going to have to cut police officers and firefighters and teachers they're never going to cut teachers but they always say that they throw that in there because those are the ones that cause parents to go wait a second you're going to you mean you're going to get rid of teachers and you're going to get rid of firefighters no, no. No, they're just evil, and they use that as leverage, just like holding a gun to a dog's head or something. I'll kill this puppy with a national lampoon, the famous national lampoon cover. You buy this magazine, or we'll shoot this dog, or whatever it was. That's how Democrats govern in every way, shape, or form. So you would think that at a time when things are good, you'd go, well, we need to just ask. We can enjoy it. We can certainly enjoy ourselves, But uh, we're going to have to, you know, I I hit the lottery for a thousand bucks. We're going to have a a good meal and then we're going to put the rest of the money away. We're not going to go, woohoo, let's set this all on fire because we still got to we still got to pay our bills. It's how smart people act. But when it's government, it's somebody else's money. They have the printing press. They don't really give a damn. The Biden administration hasn't said anything And these school districts are a lot of them going to spend This money in ways that will do what? That will require them to have continued outlays of cash in the future. A smoothie machine and somebody to man it needs somebody to man it. They need somebody to make them smoothies, right? You're going to trust a bunch of high school kids coming in and fresh fruit delivery has to come in. You're then obligating yourself to long-term expenditures, not just in one school, but in every one of these schools. A food truck. Okay, great. Now you need an adult to run that thing, to keep that going, to make sure that it works. All these sorts of things that they're uh, instituting are for long-term expenses, You can buy a 22,000, you can buy three $22,000 x-ray machines. That's great. Who's going to maintain them? Who's going to operate them? Who's going to, are you going to have another high school student sitting there staring at the screen going, I don't know what that is. Go ahead. Or are you going to have to hire professionals, train them to man those things? Each one of these individual things may not break the bank but these school districts are doing all of them simultaneously this money will allegedly end in 2024 now what happens at that point these school districts go oh my goodness All this money, we hired so many people. We're going to have to lay off staff. We're going to have to cut our budget. We're going to have to cut athletes. It'll never be that we have to lay off staff. It'll be we have to cut programs. We'll have to cut the arts. We'll have to cut English. We'll have to cut whatever. We need more money. And they'll start whining. And nobody's going to go, Well, you probably shouldn't have spent all that money on the ridiculous smoothie machine or. You know, the two hundred and twenty thousand dollars on the new monkey bars out in the playground that you could probably use that money right now, couldn't you? Nobody's going to say that. No politician who wants to get reelected as a Democrat will say that Republicans don't control these areas by and large where they're doing these stupid things, at least by the ones I've seen thus far. They're in the Republican in Wayne County, let alone Detroit. So you're sitting there and you're going, oh, there, that's going to be great. When, when the feces hits the fan later and you come scrambling back to the state or the federal government for more money, will anybody go, hey, you should have probably thought of that when you were setting that money on fire? No, they won't. Where is the Biden administration now saying you can't have a smoothie machine as part of this? That is not right. Free Press reports schools are spending hundreds of millions of dollars on building expenses that aren't entirely pandemic related entirely or at all. Detroit Public Schools Community District's $700 million spending plan is one of the most stark examples. The district received $1.2 billion in federal funds and is relying on the majority, nearly $700 million, for its building projects. Yeah. Detroit's school building problems are well-documented and persistent, including mold and asbestos issues. <laughs> okay, great. You're going to take care of that. What are you going to do then? Why didn't you take care of that before? It's like Baltimore. Every year they go, we can't air condition these schools. We can't air condition these. We need to upgrade the air conditioning. Okay. Oh, no, we need to upgrade the air. It's horrible, even in the county. We need to upgrade the air conditioning. Well, how about you do it? Well, no, solving a, there's no benefit to solving there's no benefit to any politician to actually solving a problem. finally solving a problem. it is you get benefits from working towards the solving of a problem. <laughs> That's how it works. uh Detroit's public school the mold, school leaders across the state say Michigan hasn't adequately funded building needs leading to broken HVAC units, roofing issues, and more. Failed leadership in the state, and we get to subsidize it. Is that what we we're sold? Is that what we we're told? Hey, we need to step in because the states are failing, or was it we need to do this for COVID relief? I don't care that the states are failing, to be honest with you. The federal government is broke. We have inflation because of this spending. Just north of Detroit, East Point Community School. East Point used to be East Detroit. But they changed their name to East Point because they they're situated between Gross Point, and uh, and Detroit or in a weird way where they're lining up against both, and they they were it's more Detroit than you know economically than Gross Point, but even they were like embarrassed to be associated with Detroit, so they changed their name probably thirty years ago, maybe forty years ago to East Point, to be more associated with Gross Point. Doesn't seem to have worked out economically for them. Just north, the East Point Community School District is also targeting some of its spending to take care of long standing infrastructure problems. The district, with nearly $30 million in federal relief funding, proposed spending $500,000 to demolish East Point High School's aging swimming pool, now in disrepair. Robert Carlson, director of finance at East Point, said it would take $300,000 at least to make the pool operational. Wait a second. So you're going to. This Only government could do this. Only a bureaucrat could do it. It'll cost $300,000 to fix. So let's spend $500,000 to tear it down. And then they'll probably spend another $300,000 to build a new one. Because why? Because it's not their money. They don't care. <laughs> they don't care. Ugh. They say they're not going to rebuild the pool, but who the hell knows? Some schools are trying to be more strategic in it, but this should cause outrage everywhere. Instead, it won't. You think the White House will be asked about this? You think the White House, you think Ginger Goebbels will be asked to comment on uh, this story? It just broke today about, hey, this state is going to spend a lot of money on things that aren't COVID-related, a lot of COVID relief money. How about maybe you're criticized? Do you have any criticism of that? Do you have anything to say about that? No, they don't. No, they don't. They're too busy worried about the fact that your children may or may not learn what is or isn't trans and they may be groomed to talk to somebody about, you know, some high school teacher, some elementary school teacher about their sex lives. Because that's... That's where they are. That's where their priorities are. (laughs) You have to laugh because otherwise it's ridiculous. Maybe Morning Joe will convene a panel of people to uh, discuss this, a panel of of men to discuss the problem with women. Unbelievable. Uh, I'm going to play you this uh, out of New Jersey because news broke last week out of New Jersey. That New Jersey, because why? Because why not? In Florida, there's, you know, they call it the don't say gay bill. But in New Jersey, they might as well call it the you must say gay bill. If one is wrong to the left, then why isn't the other wrong? Well, one is being done in tolerance. The left is all in favor of forcing you to do things you don't want to do in the name of tolerance. New Jersey is requiring the teaching of gender identity to children all the way down to first grade next year, starting in the fall. That's part of the plan. That's part of their master plan. You can't read or write if you graduate from public schools in New Jersey, but boy howdy, you're absolutely going to know how to fill out your Facebook profile's gender section without any question or problem whatsoever. Amongst the things that are going to be shown to children there's a company called amaze m-a-z-e they produce videos for children if you have children and they play with an ipad they have undoubtedly seen these amaze videos they're now starting to produce you got to be careful what your kids stumble onto videos about transitioning videos about uh, how there are just endless number of genders and no it's just a spectrum and Everything you knew up until about 20 minutes ago now is being undercut. I want to play you this amaze video that is for New Jersey elementary school children. This is one of the ones that is being recommended for this new sex ed curriculum in New Jersey where the people were not consulted. The left never really gave a damn what you thought. They pretend Only when you are already on their side do they say, well, we must listen to the will of the people. When you are not, they call you a fascist and a terrorist and sick the FBI on you this is a video from Amaze maze about porn designed re- recorded made it's animated for showing to children about pornography is it normal to watch porn
1: <laughs> hashtag ask a maze yes It's normal. Lots of people watch porn. After all, it's right there and it's free. And anyway, many people are curious about this sex stuff. But, and it's a big but. Remember, porn is not real. It's just a fantasy, like, uh... Like superheroes movies. Bodies don't look like those in porn movies. In general, everything is exaggerated. And sex? It often looks very different in real life. So don't expect your own body or sex life, once you have one, to look anything like what you see in porn. Or to sound like it either. Find out more about porn right
0: here on Amaze. Find out more about porn right here on Amaze, you elementary school students in New Jersey. Yeah, you're sitting there and you're going, well, but, 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 but did you hear anything about that in the whole argument, left-wing freak out over the Florida parental rights and education bill? No, I bet you didn't. I bet you didn't. You know why you didn't? Because that doesn't fit the left-wing narrative. That's what they don't want you to know. That's the stuff they don't want you to be privy to. That's the stuff where they tell you when you say, hey, wait a second, I don't go for this. Why don't you leave my kindergartner alone? They say, No. You're some sort of repressive monster. We are going to administer to your child puberty-blocking hormones without your knowledge. There are left-wing states out there who are instituting policies to do just that, to make sure that parents are kept in the dark as they administer so-called gender-affirming health care on these children. The Democrats were always the evil party, but now they're a special kind of evil, and there's a special place in hell for them. This is just the tip of the iceberg. It's happening all over the world. Over in the UK, the, uh, this group called the Family Sex Show, they put together plays. They, uh, it is really amazing, because this is all subsidized, by the way, by taxpayers over there. It's a little bit funny. Because we do the same thing here. We're funding our own destruction. We're funding our own destruction. And we shouldn't be. We should not be. We should be stopping this. We shouldn't be funding any of this garbage. But we're funding our own destruction through the National Endowment for the Arts, the National Endowment for the Humanities, blah, blah, blah. NPR, PBS, all of that garbage. We're funding our own destruction. They're doing the same thing over in the U.K., kind of can expect that from an open group of uh, socialists but uh, it's a disturbing look into the future UK Daily Mailer theater company has sparked a fury by staging a show featuring naked bodies that explores love sexuality and sexual pleasure aimed at children as young as five yeah that last part aimed at children as young as five The Family Sex Show's producers boasts it's a performance for families about sex and relationship with parents encouraged to bring their children along. The website describes it as, quote, fun and silly performance about the painfully awkward subject of sex, exploring names and functions, boundaries, consent, pleasure, queerness, sex, gender, and relationships. Who wouldn't want to, you know, set up a government organization agent right anybody who brings their kid to the play gets their kid taken away that would be the way i would do it I want to play you some audio they have three have three clips here of people who are associated with the family sex show aimed at five-year-olds they're very proud of it they think oh they're just changing the world you've got now are they all child molesters no but do they are they decent human beings no a decent human being would go, you know what? This is a little bit creepy. You know what? This ain't right. Um, this, we shouldn't be tired. Adults can handle this. Children shouldn't be handling this. Let's, let's maybe pump the brakes on that stuff. Instead, having known far too many theater people, these theater people know exactly what they're doing, and they're enjoying it. This is their kink. They're really enjoying this. Listen to this for yourself.
1: My name's Mike. I'm Artistic Director at Tobacco Factory Theatres. Uh, I use he and him pronouns. Um, I'm a white man with brown hair with grey bits in, Um, and I'm very excited that The Family Sex Show is is coming to Bristol. Uh, We have presented two productions by the wonderful This Egg in the past. Uh, They brought Me and My Bee and Dressed, and both pieces were completely original. Um, very moving in, in different ways. They make such powerful work that really connects and inspires audiences. Um, and we're delighted that the Family Sex Show will be on in May. I'm going to hand over to Josie, the artistic director of this egg, to say a little more.
0: Oh, yeah. We're very excited to have a whole bunch of naked adults standing in front of five-year-olds. Where else is this acceptable except under the guise of art? Oh, it's art. No, it's not. It's not perversion. It's art. Well, if, if it's art, it's not art. All right. If you are willing to and giddy about, no matter how desperately you want to work, if you're going, you know what I I, I want to take my kids' uh, clothes off and stand in front of kids. You are um, you've got mental problems at least, and you are adjacent to some really horrible things. They really, if you do it in the street he would be arrested and probably beaten to death by the parents. So why should it be any different on the stage? Well, because it's done in the name of art, don't you understand? And now we come to the artistic director of the group who's putting together the the production of the family sex show, you'll see.
1: Hello, my name's Josie. I use she, her pronouns. I'm a white woman with dyed red hair, which is half up, half down today. Um, I'm wearing gold hoop earrings, which are not real because I do not have my ears pierced. Um, I run this egg and I have been making and producing the family sex show along with lots of other people over the last few years. Um, If you're watching this video, then you might already have or you might be thinking about buying some tickets to the show or you might just be wondering Why we thought making it was a good idea? Great question. Um, We wanted to make something that uh, came at the topic of relationships and sex in a a light way, um, in a way that would open conversations, in a way that would encourage people to ask questions. and to allow for that space of of vulnerability and not knowing and making mistakes. Um, We hope that the show kind of adds to the more creative or alternative relationships and sex education that is out there at the moment in all different forms. And I guess we really wanted to make the show that we wish that we'd had when we were younger and also part of our adult selves felt like or feels like they need now as well. and mostly if we know our bodies then we know our rights
0: if we know our bodies then we know our rights and oh we wish we'd had this as a child and we need it now Uh, you're making this for kids as young as five you need to be institutionalized you need to be arrested that's what you need but she's very proud of it and it's all again all subsidized over there by the uk government because why because this wouldn't exist in the private sector this couldn't exist. Who's going to hear the pitch and go, yeah, and then everybody gets naked and talks about their junk in front of a bunch of kids. and you know, you know what? Grab my checkbook. I've got to see this. The world needs to see this. Maybe George Soros would write that check. But not too many other people. One last one where they really just, uh, it's a new person, really just exposing who these leftists are.
1: Hello, my name is Ailey. I'm programming and engagement manager at Tobacco Factory Theatres. I am a white female with brown blonde hair and my pronouns are she, her. Family Sex Show is a fun and playful show for adults and children aged five and up. It offers an honest human sex education that is feminist, queer, non-binary, inclusive and sex positive. This show can allow audiences of all ages to feel confident about their bodies, their boundaries and their sexual health and we really hope to see you here.
0: Yeah, you make a 5-year-old feel sex positive. Who wouldn't want to make a 5-year-old sex positive, said the John Wayne Gacy. Who wouldn't want a 5-year a 5-year-old to be sex positive? And you sit there and you say, "Well, that's the UK, Derek. I guarantee you this will cause enough controversy that somebody in New York, some left-winger, some some gay rights group probably who is going, oh, we need to produce this in Florida. And they will try to produce it in Florida. They'll also bring it off Broadway in New York, provided it's not a steaming pile of garbage, which it probably is. So that would be the only thing. It's it's one of those things that will produce it because of the shock value, not because of anything else related to it. But I suspect that it will be coming to the United States in short order, if only to stick a thumb in the eye of people who don't want their children to be sex positive at age 5. Disgusting people. Alright, enough of that kind of talk. By the way, there's uh... (laughs) a... It's funny how this is kind of now coming out. After Will Smith smacked Chris Rock at the Oscars, they're all looking going, wait a second. Uh, He's been kind of crying for help for a long time. He's got this video out on social media that jada pinkett smith had posted of him who was saying you know don't don't film me in my own house let me and she's like no no, no i'm doing this and she, she just seems like a horrible person an interview or a part of her fa- facebook show where she's talking about how she never wanted to marry will smith she didn't want to get ma- married at all the grandma is like teaching her how to pleasure herself At the age of nine is another thing like Jada Pinkett Smith is a messed up person. Uh, Most people sort of rebel against their awful parenting, but uh, she seemed to have embraced it. And poor Will Smith got sucked into this thing. And I don't think he knew what he was getting into. And I think he's a horrible, miserable person right now. He's been suspended for 10 years. From the Motion Picture Academy of Arts and Sciences, the Oscars, he won't be able to go back. Normally, if you win an Oscar, the next year you go back and you uh, get to present the opposite. If you like win Best Actor, you present Best Actress the following year. But Will Smith won't be there, at least as of now, won't be back there. They just really seem like a, a horrible, horrible family. And if you look at Will Smith, he looks like the most miserable person in the world. Maybe, maybe, maybe somebody should do something about that. Speaking of maybe, maybe, maybe something to do. somebody should do something about it. Somebody should do something about Joe Biden. Somebody, apparently in 2021, just last year, Joe Biden asked the New York Times and said in a New York Times interview, who should I fire to get in charge of the border? Like, what do you expect me to do? What He is so out of it. So oblivious to what's going on that he doesn't know that there's an actual problem at the border. And when confronted with it, he does what he's always done his whole career. If you know anything about Joe Biden, Joe Biden is a guy who has a very, very short fuse, a very, very quick temper. He's a nasty guy, just a nasty, nasty guy. And so he snapped at somebody at The New York Times. Now, why didn't they report this then? Who knows? But uh, that's just the way the world works. It is leading to a situation where Joe Biden is, they always say, well, the Biden-Harris administration is historic. It's wildly historic. Oh, my goodness, is it so historic? And it is. It's reaching historic new lows every single day. Hill newspaper, President Biden's approval rating has fallen to its lowest point in the latest CBS News YouGov poll. Now, the, the Joe Biden's approval ratings had been tanking for a while in the Rasmussen polls. And what do you hear when you said when that was reported? They said, well, you know, it's a Rasmussen right wing poll. What do you expect? These people, they're such fraud. It's all it's an outlier. It's not true. It's blah, blah, blah. And well, now now we're seeing that it is true. It's significantly more true. The polls that are heavily weighted to favor Democrats are even picking up on Joe Biden's unpopularity, which would send a normal president to a mirror to go well we need to maybe really think or rethink what we're doing we have to recalculate our moves but that's not the way joe biden works well that's not the way joe biden's handlers will let joe biden work they're going full steam ahead it's as if they're going to go if you don't like we're going to destroy you we're going to see what happens first how much damage can we do before the next election that's what they're interested in it's a race to the bottom Something to behold. Biden's approval rating back to the Hill ticked down to 42% in early April, according to the poll, which CBS said is its lowest yet. 58% of respondents said they disapprove of the way that Biden is handling his job as president. The president's latest approval rating is down slightly from February and March, when it was 43%. January is 44%, ticking down ever so slowly toward what they said was an outlier and they have absolutely no plans to do anything about it. One thing you can say about Bill Clinton, and it's different than Barack Obama. Barack Obama was wildly popular personally and still is. His policies were wildly unpopular. And for some reason, his policies, the unpopularity of his policies never translated into, and we don't like the guy cramming this down our throats. I don't know why, whatever it is, I didn't find Barack Obama to be particularly charming, but that's what they did, and that's what they claimed, and and the numbers bear it out. But when Bill Clinton got a shellacking in 1994, in 1995, he tacked to the middle, and that saved his presidency. That gave him a second term. That gave him the ability to survive the Monica Lewinsky affair. Because he then said, all right, well, the American people clearly aren't with me on the takeover of health care, for example, on the things that he tried to do in the first two years of his presidency. So he went to where the American people are. It's a sign of a good politician, not necessarily a good leader. A good leader would convince the people to come along with them. But... Uh, That's neither here nor there. There's far too many people in this country for that to actually work, thank God. Otherwise, we'd be a nation of whims changing dramatically regularly. But Biden has no desire, no inclination to change at all, to change anything. He doesn't seem to have an ability of it. Barack Obama lost record number of House seats, was a disaster in the first midterms. And what did he do? Well, I'm going to take my pen I'm gonna take my phone. I'm just going to govern on my own. I don't need. He like reinterpreted the Constitution to omit the legislative branch. Joe Biden doesn't have that kind of charm. He doesn't have that kind of cognitive ability to even string together a coherent sentence if on the subject if somebody else had written it for him so he doesn't have that option. Barack Obama also at least paid lip service to this stuff. Bill Clinton paid more lip service to the idea of tacking to the center than he actually did tack to the center even though he did welfare reform. remember the era of big government is over the American blah 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 that was Bill Clinton he didn't want it. He didn't believe it, but he wanted to be president, and that's where the American people were. Barack Obama didn't even try to pretend. His personal popularity remained and remains, but the lack of enjoyment and like of his policies remains to this day. Joe Biden is oblivious. Joe Biden seems to think that he's personally as popular as as Barack Obama was because he's associated with it. But if you saw that lapdog performance of Joe Biden in the East Room, trying to get Barack Obama's attention, desperately trying to get Barack Obama's attention, and Barack Obama was having none of it. He's too, he's too busy basking in the limelight, basking in the afterglow. He didn't give a damn about Joe Biden when he was vice president. He didn't give a damn about Joe Biden when he's president. Barack Obama only cares about Barack Obama. Joe Biden only wants to be loved. And whoever the hell is telling him the pathway to being loved is this way is lying to him. And it's good. I mean, the more this gets worse for Joe Biden, the better it will be for the country, to be perfectly honest with you. We just have to survive long enough for the adults to take charge. We're out of time. We have to survive long enough to do this again tomorrow. I appreciate you listening. Have yourself a great day. We'll see you tomorrow.